Thank you for listening to this free audiobook created by Project Gutenberg and Microsoft AI. To learn more about the project or give feedback on the quality of a recording, please visit aka.ms/audiobook. The Wonderful, One Has She, and Other Poems, by Oliver Wendell Holmes, The Deacon's Masterpiece, or The Wonderful, One Has She, A Logical Story. H. Ave, you heard of the wonderful one Hashe. H. That was built in such a logical way. It ran a hundred years to a day. And then, of a sudden, it ah, but stay. I'll tell you what happened without delay. Scaring the parson into fits. Frightening people out of their wits. Have you ever heard of that, I say? 1755. Georges Secundus was then alive. Snuffy old drone from the German hive. That was the year when Lisbon town saw the earth open and gulp her down. And Braddock's army was done so brown, left without a scalp to its crown. Braddock's army was done so brown. It was on the terrible earthquake day. I, that the deacon finished the one hoss shay. Now in building of chaises, I tell you what, there is always somewhere a weakest spot. In hub, tire, fellow, in spring or thill. In panel, or crossbar, or floor, or sill. In screw, bolt, thorough brace, lurking still. Find it somewhere you must and will. Above or below, or within or without. And that's the reason, beyond a doubt. A chaise breaks down, but doesn't wear out. But the deacons swore, as deacons do. Within. I do vum. Or in. I tell you. He would build one shade to beat the ton, and the county and all the country round. I do vum. It should be so built that it couldn't break down. I, fur, said the deacon. Tis mighty plain, that the weak's place muse stand the strain, and the way he fix it, use I maintain, is only jest, to make that place use strong, use the rest. So the deacon inquired of the village folk where he could find the strongest oak. That couldn't be split nor bent nor broke. That was for spokes and floor and sills. He sent for lancewood to make the thills. The crossbars were ash from the straightest trees. The panels of whitewood, that cuts like cheese, but lasts like iron for things like these. The hubs of logs from the settler's elm. Last of its timber, they couldn't sell em. So the deacon inquired of the village folk, and ever an axe had seen their chips, and, and the wedges flew from between their lips, their blunt ends frizzled like celery tips, step and prop iron, bolt and screw, spring, tire, axle, and linchpin too, steel of the finest, bright and blue, thorough brace bison skin, thick and wide, boot top dasher from tough old hide. Found in the pit when the tanner died. That was the way he put her through. There, said the deacon. Now she'll do. Do. I tell you, I rather guess. She was a wonder, and nothing less. Cold screw horses, beards turned gray. Deacon and deaconess dropped away. Children and grandchildren, where were they? But there stood the stout old one Hasche, as fresh as on Lisbon earthquake day. E. I. Teen hundred, it came and found. E. The deacon's masterpiece strong and sound. Eighteen hundred increased by ten. 
Handsome carriage, they called it then. Eighteen hundred and twenty came. Running as usual, much the same. Thirty and forty at last arrive. And then came fifty and fifty-five. Little of all we value here. Wakes on the morn of its hundredth year. Without both feeling and looking queer. In fact, there's nothing that keeps its youth. So far as I know, but a tree in truth. This is a moral that runs at large. Take it dot, you're welcome dot, no extra charge. F. First of November, the earthquake day dot. F. There are traces of age in the one hache. A general flavor of mild decay. But nothing local, as one may say. There couldn't be, for the deacon's art. Had made it so like in every part. That there wasn't a chance for one to start. For the wheels were just as strong as the thills. And the floor was just as strong as the sills. And the panels just as strong as the floor. And the whipple tree either less nor more. And the back crossbar as strong as the fore. And spring and axle and hub encore. And yet, as a whole, it is past a doubt. In another hour it will be worn out. F. First of November, 55. F. This morning the parson takes a drive. Now, small boys, get out of the way. Here comes the wonderful one Hasche, Drawn by a rat-tailed eunect bay. Hud up, said the parson dot. Off went they. The parson was working his Sunday's text. Had got to fifthly, and stopped perplexed. At what the Moses was coming next. All at once the horse stood still. Close by the meat and house on the hill. The parson takes a drive. At first a shiver, and then a thrill. F. Then something decidedly like a spill. And the parson was sitting upon a rock. At half past nine by the meat and house clock. Just the hour of the earthquake shock. What do you think the parson found? When he got up and stared around? The poor old chaise in a heap or mound. As if it had been to the mill and ground. You see, of course, if you're not a dunce. How it went to pieces all at once. All at once and nothing first. Just as bubbles do when they burst. End of the wonderful one hache. Logic is logic. That's all I say. When he got up and stared around. This ancient silver bowl of mine. On lending a punch bowl. T his ancient silver bowl of mine. It tells of good old times. T. Of joyous days and jolly nights. And merry Christmas chimes. They were a free and jovial race. But honest, brave, and true. That dipped their ladle in the punch when this old bowl was new. A Spanish galleon brought the bar, so runs the ancient tale. Twas hammered by an Antwerp smith, whose arm was like a flail. And now and then between the strokes, for fear his strength should fail. He wiped his brow, and quaffed a cup of good old Flemish ale. Twas purchased by an English squire to please his loving dame. Who saw the cherubs, and conceived a longing for the same. Jolly knights, and quaffed a cup of good old Flemish ale, and oft, as on the ancient stock another twig was found, twas filled with caudle spiced and hot, and handed smoking round. But changing hands, it reached at length a Puritan divine, who used to follow Timothy, and take a little wine, but hated punch and prelacy, and so it was, perhaps. He went to Leiden, where he found conventicles and schnapps. With those that in the Mayflower came, 
And then, of course, you know what's next, it left the Dutchman's shore. With those that in the Mayflower came, a hundred souls and more. Along with all the furniture, to fill their new abodes. To judge by what is still on hand, at least a hundred loads. Twas on a dreary winter's eve, the night was closing dim. When old Miles Standish took the bowl, and filled it to the brim. Stirred the posset with his sword. The little captain stood and stirred the posset with his sword. And all his sturdy men-at-arms were ranged about the board. He poured the fiery hollands in, the man that never feared dot. He took a long and solemn draught, and wiped his yellow beard. And one by one the musketeers, the men that fought and prayed. All drank as toward their mother's milk, and not a man afraid. That night, affrighted from his nest, the screaming eagle flew. He heard the Pequot's ringing whoop, the soldier's wild halloo. And there the sachem learned the rule he taught to kith and kin. Run from the white man when you find he smells of Holland's gin. A hundred years, and fifty more, had spread their leaves and snows. A thousand rubs had flattened down each little cherub's nose. When once again the bowl was filled, but not in mirth or joy. Twas mingled by a mother's hand to cheer her parting boy. Drink, John, she said, twill do you good. Poor child, you'll never bear. This working in the dismal trench, out in the midnight air. And if, God bless me, you were hurt, twould keep away the chill. So John did drink, and well he wrought that night at Bunker's Hill. A mother's hand to cheer her parting boy. I tell you, there was generous warmth in good old English cheer. I tell you, twas a pleasant thought to bring its symbol here. Tis but the fool that loves excess, hast thou a drunken soul. Thy bane is in thy shallow skull, not in my silver bowl. I love the memory of the past, its pressed yet fragrant flowers. The moss that clothes its broken walls, the ivy on its towers. Nay, this poor bauble it bequeathed, my eyes grow moist and dim. To think of all the vanished joys that danced around its brim. Its broken walls. Then fill a fair and honest cup, and bear it straight to me. The goblet hallows all it holds, whatever the liquid be. And may the cherubs on its face protect me from the sin. That dooms one to those dreadful words. My dear, where have you been? The last leaf. I saw him once before. I, as he passed by the door. And again. The pavement stones resound. As he totters o'er the ground. With his cane. They say that in his prime. Ere the pruning knife of time. Cut him down. Not a better man was found. By the crier on his round. Through the town. But now he walks the streets. And he looks at all he meets. Sad and wan. And he shakes his feeble head. That it seems as if he said. They are gone. The mossy marbles rest. On the lips that he has pressed. In their bloom. As he totters o'er the ground with his cane. In his prime. And the names he loved to hear. Have been carved for many a year. On the tomb. The pruning knife of time. My grandmama has said. Poor old lady she is dead. Long ago. That he had a Roman nose. And his cheek was like a rose. In the snow. My grandmama has said. But now his nose is thin, and it rests upon his chin, like a staff, and a crook is in his back, and a melancholy crack in his laugh.
I know it is a sin for me to sit and grin at him here by the crier on his round but the old three-cornered hat and the breeches and all that are so queer and if I should live to be the last leaf upon the tree in the spring let them smile as I do now at the old forsaken bough where I cling the mossy marbles rest the lips that he has pressed the star and the water lily Teehee's son stepped down from his golden throne. Tee, and lay in the silent sea. And the lily had folded her satin leaves. For a sleepy thing was she. What is the lily dreaming of? Why crisp the waters blue? See, see, she is lifting her varnished lid. Her white leaves are glistening through. The rose is cooling his burning cheek. In the lap of the breathless tide. The lily has sisters fresh and fair. That would lie by the rose's side. He would love her better than all the rest. And he would be fond and true. But the lily unfolded her weary lids. And looked at the sky so blue. Remember, remember, thou silly one. How fast will thy summer glide. And wilt thou wither a virgin pale. Or flourish a blooming bride. Oh, the rose is old and thorny and cold. And he lives on earth, said she. But the star is fair and he lives in the air. And he shall my bridegroom be. But what if the stormy cloud should come? And ruffle the silver sea? Would he turn his eye from the distant sky? To smile on a thing like thee? Oh no, fair lily, he will not send. One ray from his far-off throne. The winds shall blow and the waves shall flow. And thou wilt be left alone. There is not a leaf on the mountain top nor a drop of evening dew, nor a golden sand on the sparkling shore, nor a pearl in the water's blue, that he has not cheered with his fickle smile, and warmed with his faithless beam, and will he be true to a pallid flower, that floats on the quiet stream? Alas for the lily, she would not heed, but turned to the skies afar, and bared her breast to the trembling ray, that shot from the rising star. The cloud came over the darkened sky, and over the waters wide. She looked in vain through the beating rain, and sank in the stormy tide. The Wonderful, One Hasche, and Other Poems, by Oliver Wendell Holmes, The Deacon's Masterpiece, or The Wonderful, One Hasche, A Logical Story. H. Ave, you heard of the wonderful One Hasche. H. That was built in such a logical way. It ran a hundred years to a day. And then, of a sudden, it, ah, but stay. I'll tell you what happened without delay. Scaring the parson into fits. Frightening people out of their wits. Have you ever heard of that, I say? 1755. Georges Secundus was then alive. Snuffy old drone from the German hive. That was the year when Lisbon town. Saw the earth open and gulp her down. And Braddock's army was done so brown, left without a scalp to its crown. Braddock's army was done so brown. It was on the terrible earthquake day. I, that the deacon finished the one hoss shea. Now in building of chaises, I tell you what, there is always somewhere a weakest spot. In hub, tire, fellow, in spring or thill, in panel or crossbar or floor or sill, 
In screw, bolt, thoroughbrace, lurking still. Find it somewhere you must and will. Above or below, or within or without. And that's the reason, beyond a doubt. A chaise breaks down, but doesn't wear out. But the deacons swore, as deacons do. Within. I do vum. Orin. I tell you. He would build one shade to beat the ton. And the county and all the country round. I do vum. IT should be so built that it couldn't break down. I. Fur. Said the deacon. T's mighty plain. That the weak's place muse than the strain. And the way T fix it, use I maintain, is only jest. To make that place use ye strong use ye the rest. So the deacon inquired of the village folk. Where he could find the strongest oak. That couldn't be split nor bent nor broke. That was for spokes and floor and sills. He sent for lancewood to make the thills. The crossbars were ash from the straightest trees. The panels of whitewood, that cuts like cheese. But lasts like iron for things like these. The hubs of logs from the settler's elm. Last of its timber, they couldn't sell em. So the deacon inquired of the village folk. And ever an axe had seen their chips. And, and the wedges flew from between their lips. Their blunt ends frizzled like celery tips. Step and prop iron, bolt and screw. Spring, tire, axle, and linchpin too. Steel of the finest, bright and blue. Thoroughbrace bison skin, thick and wide. Boot, top, dasher, from tough old hide. Found in the pit when the tanner died. That was the way he put her through. There, said the deacon. Now she'll do. Do. I tell you, I rather guess. She was a wonder, and nothing less. Cold screw horses, beards turned gray. Deacon and deaconess dropped away. Children and grandchildren, where were they? But there stood the stout old one Hosche, as fresh as on Lisbon earthquake day. E. I. T. Hundred, it came and found. E. The deacon's masterpiece strong and sound. Eighteen hundred increased by ten. Handsome carriage, they called it then. Eighteen hundred and twenty came. Running as usual, much the same. Thirty and forty at last arrive. And then came fifty and fifty-five. Little of all we value here. Wakes on the morn of its hundredth year. Without both feeling and looking queer. In fact, there's nothing that keeps its youth. So far as I know, but a tree in truth. This is a moral that runs at large. Take it, Dot, you're welcome, Dot, no extra charge. F. First of November, the earthquake day, Dot. F. There are traces of age in the one Hosche. A general flavor of mild decay. But nothing local, as one may say. There couldn't be, for the deacon's art. Had made it so like in every part. That there wasn't a chance for one to start. For the wheels were just as strong as the thills. And the floor was just as strong as the sills. And the panels just as strong as the floor. And the whipple tree either less nor more. And the back crossbar as strong as the fore. And spring and axle and hub encore. And yet, as a whole, it is past a doubt. In another hour it will be worn out. F. First of November, 55. F. This morning the parson takes a drive. Now, small boys, get out of the way. Here comes the wonderful one, Hasche. 
drawn by a rat-tailed eunuch bay. Hud up, said the parson dot, off went they. The parson was working his Sunday's text. Had got to fifthly, and stopped perplexed. At what the, Moses, was coming next. All at once the horse stood still. Close by the meat-end house on the hill. The parson takes a drive. At first a shiver, and then a thrill. F. Then something decidedly like a spill. And the parson was sitting upon a rock. At half-past nine by the meat-end house clock. Just the hour of the earthquake shock. What do you think the parson found? When he got up and stared around? The poor old chaise in a heap or mound. As if it had been to the mill and ground. You see, of course, if you're not a dunce. How it went to pieces all at once. All at once and nothing first. Just as bubbles do when they burst. End of the wonderful one house shay. Logic is logic. That's all I say. When he got up and stared around. This ancient silver bowl of mine. On lending a punch bowl. T his ancient silver bowl of mine. It tells of good old times. T. Of joyous days and jolly nights. And merry Christmas chimes. They were a free and jovial race. But honest, brave, and true. That dipped their ladle in the punch when this old bowl was new. A Spanish galleon brought the bar. So runs the ancient tale. Twas hammered by an Antwerp smith whose arm was like a flail. And now and then between the strokes, for fear his strength should fail, he wiped his brow and quaffed a cup of good old Flemish ale. T'was purchased by an English squire to please his loving dame, who saw the cherubs and conceived a longing for the same. Jolly knights, and quaffed a cup of good old Flemish ale, and oft, as on the ancient stock another twig was found, Twas filled with caudal spiced and hot, and handed smoking round. But changing hands, it reached at length a Puritan divine, who used to follow Timothy, and take a little wine. But hated punch and prelacy, and so it was, perhaps. He went to Leiden, where he found conventicles and schnapps, with those that in the Mayflower came. And then, of course, you know what's next, it left the Dutchman's shore. With those that in the Mayflower came, a hundred souls and more, along with all the furniture, to fill their new abodes. To judge by what is still on hand, at least a hundred loads. Twas on a dreary winter's eve, the night was closing dim. When old Miles Standish took the bowl, and filled it to the brim. Stirred the posset with his sword. The little captain stood and stirred the posset with his sword. And all his sturdy men-at-arms were ranged about the board. He poured the fiery hollands in, the man that never feared dot. He took a long and solemn draught, and wiped his yellow beard. And one by one the musketeers, the men that fought and prayed. All drank as toward their mother's milk, and not a man afraid. That night, affrighted from his nest, the screaming eagle flew. He heard the Pequot's ringing whoop, the soldier's wild halloo. And there the sachem learned the rule he taught to kith and kin. Run from the white man when you find he smells of Holland's gin. A hundred years, and fifty more, had spread their leaves and snows. A thousand rubs had flattened down each little cherub's nose. When once again the bowl was filled, but not in mirth or joy, t'was mingled by a mother's hand to cheer her parting boy. Drink, John, she said, t'will do you good. Poor child, you'll never bear. This working in the dismal trench, 
out in the midnight air. And if, God bless me, you were hurt, t'would keep away the chill. So John did drink, and well he wrought that night at Bunker's Hill. A mother's hand to cheer her parting boy. I tell you, there was generous warmth in good old English cheer. I tell you, t'was a pleasant thought to bring its symbol here. Tis but the fool that loves excess, hast thou a drunken soul. Thy bane is in thy shallow skull, not in my silver bowl. I love the memory of the past, its pressed yet fragrant flowers. The moss that clothes its broken walls, the ivy on its towers. Nay, this poor bauble it bequeathed, my eyes grow moist and dim. To think of all the vanished joys that danced around its brim. Its broken walls. Then fill a fair and honest cup, and bear it straight to me. The goblet hallows all it holds, whatever the liquid be. And may the cherubs on its face protect me from the sin. That dooms one to those dreadful words. My dear, where have you been? The last leaf. I saw him once before. I, as he passed by the door. And again. The pavement stones resound. As he totters o'er the ground. With his cane. They say that in his prime. Ere the pruning knife of time. Cut him down. Not a better man was found. By the crier on his round. Through the town. But now he walks the streets. And he looks at all he meets. Sad and wan. And he shakes his feeble head. That it seems as if he said. They are gone. The mossy marbles rest. On the lips that he has pressed. In their bloom. As he totters o'er the ground with his cane. In his prime. And the names he loved to hear. Have been carved for many a year. On the tomb. The pruning knife of time. My grandmama has said. Poor old lady she is dead. Long ago. That he had a Roman nose. And his cheek was like a rose. In the snow. My grandmama has said. But now his nose is thin. And it rests upon his chin. Like a staff. And a crook is in his back. And a melancholy crack. In his laugh. I know it is a sin. For me to sit and grin. At him here. By the crier on his round. But the old three-cornered hat. And the breeches and all that. Are so queer. And if I should live to be. The last leaf upon the tree. In the spring. Let them smile as I do now. At the old forsaken bough. Where I cling. The mossy marbles rest. The lips that he has pressed. The star and the water lily. Tihi's son stepped down from his golden throne. T. And lay in the silent sea. And the lily had folded her satin leaves. For a sleepy thing was she. What is the lily dreaming of? Why crisp the waters blue? See, see, she is lifting her varnished lid. Her white leaves are glistening through. The rose is cooling his burning cheek. In the lap of the breathless tide. The lily has sisters fresh and fair. That would lie by the rose's side. He would love her better than all the rest. And he would be fond and true. But the lily unfolded her weary lids. And looked at the sky so blue. Remember, remember, thou silly one. How fast will thy summer glide? And wilt thou wither a virgin pale? Or flourish a blooming bride? Oh, the rose is old, and thorny, and cold. And he lives on earth. 
said she. But the star is fair and he lives in the air. And he shall my bridegroom be. But what if the stormy cloud should come? And ruffle the silver sea? Would he turn his eye from the distant sky? To smile on a thing like thee? Oh no, fair lily, he will not send. One ray from his far-off throne. The winds shall blow, and the waves shall flow. And thou wilt be left alone. There is not a leaf on the mountain top. Nor a drop of evening dew. Nor a golden sand on the sparkling shore. Nor a pearl in the waters blue. That he has not cheered with his fickle smile. And warmed with his faithless beam. And will he be true to a pallid flower. That floats on the quiet stream. Alas for the lily. She would not heed. But turned to the skies afar. And bared her breast to the trembling ray. That shot from the rising star. The cloud came over the darkened sky. And over the waters wide. She looked in vain through the beating rain. And sank in the stormy tide. The Wonderful. One Hasche. And Other Poems. By Oliver Wendell Holmes. The Deacon's Masterpiece. Or The Wonderful. One Hasche. A Logical Story. H. Ave, you heard of the wonderful One Hasche. H. That was built in such a logical way. It ran a hundred years to a day. And then, of a sudden, it, ah, but stay. I'll tell you what happened without delay. Scaring the parson into fits. Frightening people out of their wits. Have you ever heard of that, I say? 1755. Georgius Secundus was then alive. Snuffy old drone from the German hive. That was the year when Lisbon town. Saw the earth open and gulp her down. And Braddock's army was done so brown. Left without a scalp to its crown. Braddock's army was done so brown. It was on the terrible earthquake day. I, that the deacon finished the one hoss shay. Now in building of chaises, I tell you what. There is always somewhere a weakest spot. In hub, tire, fellow, in spring or thill. In panel or crossbar or floor or sill. In screw, bolt, thorough brace, lurking still. Find it somewhere you must and will. Above or below, or within or without. And that's the reason, beyond a doubt. A chaise breaks down, but doesn't wear out. But the deacons swore, as deacons do. Within. I do vum. Orin. I tell you. He would build one shade to beat the ton. And the county and all the country round. I do vum. IT should be so built that it couldn't break down. I. Fur. Said the deacon. T's mighty plain. That the weak's place muse stand the strain. And the way T fix it, use I maintain, is only jest. To make that place use ye strong use the rest. So the deacon inquired of the village folk. Where he could find the strongest oak. That couldn't be split nor bent nor broke. That was for spokes and floor and sills. He sent for lancewood to make the thills. The crossbars were ash from the straightest trees. The panels of whitewood, that cuts like cheese. But lasts like iron for things like these. The hubs of logs from the settler's elm. Last of its timber, they couldn't sell em. So the deacon inquired of the village folk. And Everanax had seen their chips. And, and the wedges flew from between their lips. Their blunt ends frizzled like celery tips. Step and prop iron, bolt and screw.
spring, tire, axle, and linchpin too. Steel of the finest, bright and blue. Thoroughbrace bison skin, thick and wide. Boot top dasher, from tough old hide. Found in the pit when the tanner died. That was the way he put her through. There, said the deacon. Now she'll do. Do. I tell you, I rather guess. She was a wonder, and nothing less. Colts grew horses, beards turned gray. Deacon and deaconess dropped away. Children and grandchildren, where were they? But there stood the stout old one Hasche, as fresh as on Lisbon earthquake day. E. I. T. Hundred, it came and found. E. The deacon's masterpiece strong and sound. Eighteen hundred increased by ten. Handsome carriage, they called it then. Eighteen hundred and twenty came. Running as usual, much the same. Thirty and forty at last arrive. And then came fifty and fifty-five. Little of all we value here. Wakes on the morn of its hundredth year. Without both feeling and looking queer. In fact, there's nothing that keeps its youth. So far as I know, but a tree in truth. This is a moral that runs at large. Take it, Dot. You're welcome, Dot. No extra charge. F. First of November, the earthquake day, Dot. F. There are traces of age in the one hasche. A general flavor of mild decay. But nothing local, as one may say. There couldn't be, for the deacon's art. Had made it so like in every part. That there wasn't a chance for one to start. For the wheels were just as strong as the thills. And the floor was just as strong as the sills. And the panels just as strong as the floor. And the whipple tree either less nor more. And the back crossbar as strong as the fore. And spring and axle and hub encore. And yet, as a whole, it is past a doubt. In another hour it will be worn out. F. First of November, 55. F. This morning the parson takes a drive. Now, small boys, get out of the way. Here comes the wonderful one Hasche. Drawn by a rat-tailed eunect bay. Hud up, said the parson dot. Off went they. The parson was working his Sunday's text. Had got to fifthly, and stopped perplexed. At what the, Moses, was coming next. All at once the horse stood still. Close by the meat and house on the hill. The parson takes a drive. At first a shiver, and then a thrill. F. Then something decidedly like a spill. And the parson was sitting upon a rock. At half past nine by the meat and house clock. Just the hour of the earthquake shock. What do you think the parson found? When he got up and stared around? The poor old chaise in a heap or mound. As if it had been to the mill and ground. You see, of course, if you're not a dunce. How it went to pieces all at once. All at once and nothing first. Just as bubbles do when they burst. End of the wonderful one Shea. Logic is logic. That's all I say. When he got up and stared around. This ancient silver bowl of mine. On lending a punch bowl. T his ancient silver bowl of mine. It tells of good old times. T. Of joyous days and jolly nights. And merry Christmas chimes. They were a free and jovial race. But honest, brave, and true. That dipped their ladle in the punch when this old bowl was new. A Spanish galleon brought the bar, so runs the ancient tale. 
Twas hammered by an Antwerp smith, whose arm was like a flail. And now and then between the strokes, for fear his strength should fail. He wiped his brow, and quaffed a cup of good old Flemish ale. Twas purchased by an English squire to please his loving dame, who saw the cherubs, and conceived a longing for the same. Jolly knights! And quaffed a cup of good old Flemish ale. And oft, as on the ancient stock another twig was found, Twas filled with caudal spiced and hot, and handed smoking round. But changing hands, it reached at length a Puritan divine, Who used to follow Timothy, and take a little wine. But hated punch and prelacy, and so it was, perhaps. He went to Leiden, where he found conventicles and schnapps, With those that in the Mayflower came. And then, of course, you know what's next, it left the Dutchman's shore. With those that in the Mayflower came, a hundred souls and more. Along with all the furniture, to fill their new abodes. To judge by what is still on hand, at least a hundred loads. Twas on a dreary winter's eve, the night was closing dim. When old Miles Standish took the bowl, and filled it to the brim. Stirred the posset with his sword. The little captain stood and stirred the posset with his sword, and all his sturdy men at arms were ranged about the board. He poured the fiery hollands in, the man that never feared dot. He took a long and solemn draught, and wiped his yellow beard. And one by one the musketeers, the men that fought and prayed, all drank as toward their mother's milk, and not a man afraid. That night, affrighted from his nest, the screaming eagle flew. He heard the Pequot's ringing whoop, the soldier's wild halloo. And there the sachem learned the rule he taught to kith and kin. Run from the white man when you find he smells of Holland's gin. A hundred years, and fifty more, had spread their leaves and snows. A thousand rubs had flattened down each little cherub's nose. When once again the bowl was filled, but not in mirth or joy, t'was mingled by a mother's hand to cheer her parting boy. Drink, John, she said, t'will do you good. Poor child, you'll never bear. This working in the dismal trench, out in the midnight air. And if, God bless me, you were hurt, t'would keep away the chill. So John did drink, and well he wrought that night at Bunker's Hill. A mother's hand to cheer her parting boy. I tell you, there was generous warmth in good old English cheer. I tell you, t'was a pleasant thought to bring its symbol here. Tis but the fool that loves excess, hast thou a drunken soul. Thy bane is in thy shallow skull, not in my silver bowl. I love the memory of the past, its pressed yet fragrant flowers. The moss that clothes its broken walls, the ivy on its towers. Nay, this poor bauble it bequeathed, my eyes grow moist and dim. To think of all the vanished joys that danced around its brim. Its broken walls. Then fill a fair and honest cup, and bear it straight to me. The goblet hallows all it holds, whatever the liquid be. And may the cherubs on its face protect me from the sin. That dooms one to those dreadful words. My dear, where have you been? The last leaf. I saw him once before. I, as he passed by the door. And again. The pavement stones resound. As he totters o'er the ground. With his cane. They say that in his prime. Ere the pruning knife of time. Cut him down. Not a better man was found. By the crier on his round. Through the town. But now he walks the streets. 
and he looks at all he meets, sad and wan, and he shakes his feeble head, that it seems as if he said, they are gone. The mossy marbles rest, on the lips that he has pressed, in their bloom, as he totters o'er the ground with his cane, in his prime, and the names he loved to hear, have been carved for many a year, on the tomb, the pruning knife of time, my grandmama has said, poor old lady she is dead, long ago, that he had a Roman nose, and his cheek was like a rose, in the snow, my grandmama has said, but now his nose is thin, and it rests upon his chin, like a staff, and a crook is in his back, and a melancholy crack, in his laugh, I know it is a sin, for me to sit and grin, at him here, by the crier on his round, but the old three-cornered hat, and the breeches and all that, are so queer, and if I should live to be, the last leaf upon the tree, in the spring, let them smile, as I do now, at the old forsaken bough, where I cling, the mossy marbles rest, the lips that he has pressed, the star and the water lily, Tihi's son stepped down from his golden throne, Tee, and lay in the silent sea, and the lily had folded her satin leaves, for a sleepy thing was she. What is the lily dreaming of? Why crisp the waters blue? See, see, she is lifting her varnished lid, her white leaves are glistening through, the rose is cooling his burning cheek, in the lap of the breathless tide. The lily has sisters fresh and fair. That would lie by the rose's side. He would love her better than all the rest. And he would be fond and true. But the lily unfolded her weary lids. And looked at the sky so blue. Remember, remember, thou silly one. How fast will thy summer glide. And wilt thou wither a virgin pale. Or flourish a blooming bride. Oh, the rose is old and thorny and cold. And he lives on earth, said she. But the star is fair and he lives in the air, and he shall my bridegroom be. But what if the stormy cloud should come and ruffle the silver sea? Would he turn his eye from the distant sky to smile on a thing like thee? Oh no, fair lily, he will not send one ray from his far-off throne. The winds shall blow and the waves shall flow, and thou wilt be left alone. There is not a leaf on the mountain top nor a drop of evening dew, nor a golden sand on the sparkling shore, nor a pearl in the water's blue, that he has not cheered with his fickle smile, and warmed with his faithless beam, and will he be true to a pallid flower, that floats on the quiet stream? Alas for the lily, she would not heed, but turned to the skies afar, and bared her breast to the trembling ray, that shot from the rising star. The cloud came over the darkened sky, and over the waters wide. She looked in vain through the beating rain, and sank in the stormy tide. The Wonderful, One Hasche, and Other Poems, by Oliver Wendell Holmes, The Deacon's Masterpiece, or The Wonderful, One Hasche, A Logical Story. H. Ave, you heard of the wonderful One Hasche. H. That was built in such a logical way. It ran a hundred years to a day, 
And then of a sudden it ah, but stay. I'll tell you what happened without delay. Scaring the parson into fits. Frightening people out of their wits. Have you ever heard of that, I say? 1755. Georges Secundus was then alive. Snuffy old drone from the German hive. That was the year when Lisbon town. Saw the earth open and gulp her down. And Braddock's army was done so brown. Left without a scalp to its crown. Braddock's army was done so brown. I.T. was on the terrible earthquake day. I. That the deacon finished the one hoss shay. Now in building of chaises I tell you what. There is always somewhere a weakest spot. In hub, tire, fellow, in spring or thill. In panel or crossbar or floor or sill. In screw, bolt, thorough brace, lurking still. Find it somewhere you must and will. Above or below, or within or without. And that's the reason, beyond a doubt. A chaise breaks down, but doesn't wear out. But the deacon swore, as deacons do. Within. I do vum. Orin. I tell you. He would build one shade to beat the ton. And the county and all the country round. I do vum. IT should be so built that it couldn't break down. I. Fur. Said the deacon. T's mighty plain. That the weak's place muse stand the strain. And the way T fix it, use I maintain, is only jest. To make that place use strong use the rest. So the deacon inquired of the village folk. Where he could find the strongest oak. That couldn't be split nor bent nor broke. That was for spokes and floor and sills. He sent for lancewood to make the thills. The crossbars were ash from the straightest trees. The panels of whitewood, that cuts like cheese. But lasts like iron for things like these. The hubs of logs from the settler's elm. Last of its timber, they couldn't sell em. So the deacon inquired of the village folk, and ever an axe had seen their chips, and, and the wedges flew from between their lips, their blunt ends frizzled like celery tips, step and prop iron, bolt and screw, spring, tire, axle, and linchpin too, steel of the finest, bright and blue, thoroughbrace bison skin, thick and wide, boot top dasher from tough old hide. Found in the pit when the tanner died. That was the way he put her through. There, said the deacon. Now she'll do. Do. I tell you, I rather guess. She was a wonder, and nothing less. Cold screw horses, beards turned gray. Deacon and deaconess dropped away. Children and grandchildren, where were they? But there stood the stout old one hosche, As fresh as on Lisbon earthquake day. E-I-teen hundred, it came and found. E. The deacon's masterpiece strong and sound. Eighteen hundred increased by ten. Handsome carriage, they called it then. Eighteen hundred and twenty came. Running as usual, much the same. Thirty and forty at last arrive. And then came fifty and fifty-five. Little of all we value here. Wakes on the morn of its hundredth year without both feeling and looking queer. In fact, there's nothing that keeps its youth, so far as I know, but a tree in truth. This is a moral that runs at large. Take it, Dot, you're welcome, Dot, no extra charge. F. 1st of November, the earthquake day, Dot. F. 
There are traces of age in the one hasche, a general flavor of mild decay, but nothing local, as one may say. There couldn't be, for the deacon's art, had made it so like in every part, that there wasn't a chance for one to start, for the wheels were just as strong as the thills, and the floor was just as strong as the sills, and the panels just as strong as the floor, and the whipple tree either less nor more and the back crossbar as strong as the fore, and spring and axle and hub encore. And yet, as a whole, it is past a doubt. In another hour it will be worn out. At first of November, 55. F. This morning the parson takes a drive. Now, small boys, get out of the way. Here comes the wonderful one hasche, drawn by a rat-tailed eunuch bay. Hud up, said the parson dot. Off went they. The parson was working his Sunday's text, had got to fifthly, and stopped perplexed, at what the Moses was coming next. All at once the horse stood still, close by the meat and house on the hill. The parson takes a drive, at first a shiver, and then a thrill. F. Then something decidedly like a spill, and the parson was sitting upon a rock, at half past nine by the meat and house clock. Just the hour of the earthquake shock. What do you think the parson found? When he got up and stared around? The poor old chaise in a heap or mound. As if it had been to the mill and ground. You see, of course, if you're not a dunce. How it went to pieces all at once. All at once and nothing first. Just as bubbles do when they burst. End of the wonderful one house shay. Logic is logic. That's all I say. When he got up and stared around, this ancient silver bowl of mine, on lending a punch bowl, t his ancient silver bowl of mine, it tells of good old times, t of joyous days and jolly nights and merry Christmas chimes. They were a free and jovial race, but honest, brave, and true, that dipped their ladle in the punch when this old bowl was new. A Spanish galleon brought the bar, so runs the ancient tale. "'Twas hammered by an Antwerp smith, whose arm was like a flail. "'And now and then between the strokes, for fear his strength should fail. "'He wiped his brow, and quaffed a cup of good old Flemish ale. "'Twas purchased by an English squire to please his loving dame, "'who saw the cherubs, and conceived a longing for the same. "'Jolly knights, and quaffed a cup of good old Flemish ale. "'And oft, as on the ancient stock another twig was found, Twas filled with caudle spiced and hot, and handed smoking round. But changing hands, it reached at length a Puritan divine, who used to follow Timothy, and take a little wine, but hated punch and prelacy, and so it was, perhaps. He went to Leiden, where he found conventicles and schnapps, with those that in the Mayflower came. And then, of course, you know what's next, it left the Dutchman's shore. With those that in the Mayflower came, a hundred souls and more, along with all the furniture, to fill their new abodes, to judge by what is still on hand, at least a hundred loads. Twas on a dreary winter's eve, the night was closing dim, when old Miles Standish took the bowl and filled it to the brim, stirred the posset with his sword. The little captain stood and stirred the posset with his sword, and all his sturdy men at arms were ranged about the board. He poured the fiery hollands in, the man that never feared dot. 
He took a long and solemn draft and wiped his yellow beard. And one by one the musketeers, the men that fought and prayed, all drank as for their mother's milk, and not a man afraid. That night, affrighted from his nest, the screaming eagle flew. He heard the Pequot's ringing whoop, the soldier's wild halloo. And there the sachem learned the rule he taught to kith and kin. Run from the white man when you find he smells of Holland's gin. A hundred years, and fifty more, had spread their leaves and snows. A thousand rubs had flattened down each little cherub's nose. When once again the bowl was filled, but not in mirth or joy. Twas mingled by a mother's hand to cheer her parting boy. Drink, John, she said, twill do you good. Poor child, you'll never bear. This working in the dismal trench, out in the midnight air. And if, God bless me, you were hurt, twould keep away the chill. So John did drink, and well he wrought that night at Bunker's Hill. A mother's hand to cheer her parting boy. I tell you, there was generous warmth in good old English cheer. I tell you, twas a pleasant thought to bring its symbol here. Tis but the fool that loves excess, hast thou a drunken soul. Thy bane is in thy shallow skull, not in my silver bowl. I love the memory of the past, its pressed yet fragrant flowers. The moss that clothes its broken walls, the ivy on its towers. Nay, this poor bauble it bequeathed, my eyes grow moist and dim. To think of all the vanished joys that danced around its brim. Its broken walls. Then fill a fair and honest cup, and bear it straight to me. The goblet hallows all it holds, whatever the liquid be. And may the cherubs on its face protect me from the sin. That dooms one to those dreadful words. My dear, where have you been? The last leaf. I saw him once before. I, as he passed by the door. And again. The pavement stones resound, as he totters o'er the ground, with his cane. They say that in his prime, ere the pruning knife of time, cut him down. Not a better man was found, by the crier on his round, through the town. But now he walks the streets, and he looks at all he meets, sad and wan, and he shakes his feeble head, that it seems as if he said, they are gone. The mossy marbles rest on the lips that he has pressed in their bloom as he totters o'er the ground with his cane in his prime and the names he loved to hear have been carved for many a year on the tomb. The pruning knife of time, my grandmama has said, poor old lady, she is dead long ago that he had a Roman nose and his cheek was like a rose in the snow. My grandmama has said, but now his nose is thin, and it rests upon his chin, like a staff, and a crook is in his back, and a melancholy crack in his laugh. I know it is a sin for me to sit and grin at him here, by the crier on his round, but the old three-cornered hat, and the breeches and all that, are so queer, and if I should live to be, the last leaf upon the tree, in the spring. Let them smile, as I do now, at the old forsaken bough, where I cling. The mossy marbles rest, the lips that he has pressed, the star and the water lily. Tee sun stepped down from his golden throne. Tee, and lay in the silent sea. 
and the lily had folded her satin leaves. For a sleepy thing was she. What is the lily dreaming of? Why crisp the waters blue? See, see, she is lifting her varnished lid. Her white leaves are glistening through. The rose is cooling his burning cheek. In the lap of the breathless tide. The lily has sisters fresh and fair. That would lie by the rose's side. He would love her better than all the rest. And he would be fond and true. But the lily unfolded her weary lids. And looked at the sky so blue. Remember, remember, thou silly one. How fast will thy summer glide? And wilt thou wither a virgin pale? Or flourish a blooming bride? Oh, the rose is old, and thorny, and cold. And he lives on earth, said she. But the star is fair, and he lives in the air. And he shall my bridegroom be. But what if the stormy cloud should come? And ruffle the silver sea? Would he turn his eye from the distant sky? To smile on a thing like thee? Oh no, fair lily, he will not send. One ray from his far-off throne. The winds shall blow, and the waves shall flow. And thou wilt be left alone. There is not a leaf on the mountain top. Nor a drop of evening dew. Nor a golden sand on the sparkling shore. Nor a pearl in the waters blue. That he has not cheered with his fickle smile. And warmed with his faithless beam. And will he be true to a pallid flower? That floats on the quiet stream? Alas for the lily! She would not heed, but turned to the skies afar, and bared her breast to the trembling ray that shot from the rising star. The cloud came over the darkened sky, and over the waters wide. She looked in vain through the beating rain, and sank in the stormy tide. The Wonderful, One Hasche, and Other Poems by Oliver Wendell Holmes the deacon's masterpiece, or the wonderful, one Hasche, a logical story. H. Ave, you heard of the wonderful one Hasche. H. That was built in such a logical way. It ran a hundred years to a day. And then, of a sudden, it, ah, but stay. I'll tell you what happened without delay. Scaring the parson into fits. Frightening people out of their wits. Have you ever heard of that, I say? 1755. Georgius Secundus was then alive. Snuffy old drone from the German hive. That was the year when Lisbon town saw the earth open and gulp her down. And Braddock's army was done so brown. Left without a scalp to its crown. Braddock's army was done so brown. It was on the terrible earthquake day. I, that the deacon finished the one hoss shay. Now in building of chaises, I tell you what. There is always somewhere a weakest spot. In hub, tire, fellow, in spring or thill. In panel, or crossbar, or floor, or sill. In screw, bolt, thoroughbrace, lurking still. Find it somewhere you must and will. Above or below, or within or without. And that's the reason, beyond a doubt. A chaise breaks down, but doesn't wear out. But the deacon swore as deacons do. Within. I do vum. Orin. I tell you. He would build one shade to beat the ton. And the county and all the country round. I do vum. It should be so built that it couldn't break down. I. Fur. Said the deacon. Tis mighty plain. That the week's place muse stand the strain. 
and the way to fix it, use I maintain, is only jest. To make that place use strong, use the rest. So the deacon inquired of the village folk, where he could find the strongest oak. That couldn't be split nor bent nor broke. That was for spokes and floor and sills. He sent for lancewood to make the thills. The crossbars were ash from the straightest trees. The panels of whitewood, that cuts like cheese, but lasts like iron for things like these. The hubs of logs from the settler's elm. Last of its timber, they couldn't sell em. So the deacon inquired of the village folk, and ever an axe had seen their chips. And, and the wedges flew from between their lips. Their blunt ends frizzled like celery tips. Step and prop iron, bolt and screw. Spring, tire, axle, and linchpin too. Steel of the finest, bright and blue. Thoroughbrace bison skin, thick and wide. Boot top dasher, from tough old hide. Found in the pit when the tanner died. That was the way he put her through. There, said the deacon. Now she'll do. Do. I tell you, I rather guess. She was a wonder, and nothing less. Colts grew horses, beards turned gray. Deacon and deaconess dropped away. Children and grandchildren, where were they? But there stood the stout old one Hosche, as fresh as on Lisbon earthquake day. E. I. T. Hundred, it came and found. E. The deacon's masterpiece strong and sound. Eighteen hundred increased by ten. Handsome carriage, they called it then. Eighteen hundred and twenty came. Running as usual, much the same. Thirty and forty at last arrive. And then came fifty and fifty-five. Little of all we value here. Wakes on the morn of its hundredth year. Without both feeling and looking queer. In fact, there's nothing that keeps its youth. So far as I know, but a tree in truth. This is a moral that runs at large. Take it, Dot. You're welcome, Dot. No extra charge. F. First of November, the earthquake day, Dot. F. There are traces of age in the one hasche. A general flavor of mild decay. But nothing local, as one may say. There couldn't be, for the deacon's art. Had made it so like in every part. That there wasn't a chance for one to start. For the wheels were just as strong as the thills. And the floor was just as strong as the sills. And the panels just as strong as the floor. And the whipple tree either less nor more. And the back crossbar as strong as the fore. And spring and axle and hub encore. And yet, as a whole, it is past a doubt. In another hour it will be worn out. F. First of November, 55. F. This morning the parson takes a drive. Now, small boys, get out of the way. Here comes the wonderful one Hasche, drawn by a rat-tailed eunuch bay. Hud up, said the parson dot, off went they. The parson was working his Sunday's text, had got to fifthly, and stopped perplexed. At what the Moses was coming next. All at once the horse stood still, close by the meat and house on the hill. The parson takes a drive, at first a shiver, and then a thrill. F. Then something decidedly like a spill. And the parson was sitting upon a rock. At half past nine by the meat and house clock. Just the hour of the earthquake shock. What do you think the parson found? When he got up and stared around?
the poor old chaise in a heap or mound, as if it had been to the mill and ground. You see, of course, if you're not a dunce, how it went to pieces all at once, all at once and nothing first, just as bubbles do when they burst. End of the wonderful one hoss shay. Logic is logic. That's all I say. When he got up and stared around, this ancient silver bowl of mine, on lending a punch bowl, T his ancient silver bowl of mine, it tells of good old times. T. Of joyous days and jolly nights, and merry Christmas chimes. They were a free and jovial race, but honest, brave, and true, that dipped their ladle in the punch when this old bowl was new. A Spanish galleon brought the bar, so runs the ancient tale. Twas hammered by an Antwerp smith, whose arm was like a flail. And now and then between the strokes, for fear his strength should fail. He wiped his brow, and quaffed a cup of good old Flemish ale. Twas purchased by an English squire to please his loving dame, who saw the cherubs, and conceived a longing for the same. Jolly knights! And quaffed a cup of good old Flemish ale. And oft, as on the ancient stock another twig was found, Twas filled with caudal spiced and hot, and handed smoking round. But changing hands, it reached at length a Puritan divine, who used to follow Timothy and take a little wine, but hated punch and prelacy, and so it was, perhaps. He went to Leiden, where he found conventicles and schnapps, with those that in the Mayflower came. And then, of course, you know what's next, it left the Dutchman's shore, with those that in the Mayflower came, a hundred souls and more, along with all the furniture to fill their new abodes, to judge by what is still on hand, at least a hundred loads. T'was on a dreary winter's eve, the night was closing dim, when old Miles Standish took the bowl and filled it to the brim, stirred the posset with his sword. The little captain stood and stirred the posset with his sword, and all his sturdy men-at-arms were ranged about the board. He poured the fiery hollands in, the man that never feared dot. He took a long and solemn draught, and wiped his yellow beard. And one by one the musketeers, the men that fought and prayed, all drank as toward their mother's milk, and not a man afraid. That night, affrighted from his nest, the screaming eagle flew. He heard the Pequot's ringing whoop, the soldier's wild halloo. And there the sachem learned the rule he taught to kith and kin. Run from the white man when you find he smells of Holland's gin. A hundred years, and fifty more, had spread their leaves and snows. A thousand rubs had flattened down each little cherub's nose. When once again the bowl was filled, but not in mirth or joy, t'was mingled by a mother's hand to cheer her parting boy. Drink, John, she said, t'will do you good, poor child, you'll never bear. This working in the dismal trench, out in the midnight air. And if, God bless me, you were hurt, t'would keep away the chill. So John did drink, and well he wrought that night at Bunker's Hill. A mother's hand to cheer her parting boy. I tell you, there was generous warmth in good old English cheer. I tell you, t'was a pleasant thought to bring its symbol here. Tis but the fool that loves excess, hast thou a drunken soul. Thy bane is in thy shallow skull, not in my silver bowl. I love the memory of the past, its pressed yet fragrant flowers. The moss that clothes its broken walls, the ivy on its towers. Nay, this poor bauble it bequeathed, 
my eyes grow moist and dim. To think of all the vanished joys that danced around its brim, its broken walls. Then fill a fair and honest cup and bear it straight to me. The goblet hallows all it holds, whatever the liquid be. And may the cherubs on its face protect me from the sin that dooms one to those dreadful words. My dear, where have you been? The last leaf. I saw him once before. I, as he passed by the door. And again, the pavement stones resound as he totters o'er the ground. With his cane, they say that in his prime, ere the pruning knife of time, cut him down. Not a better man was found by the crier on his round through the town. But now he walks the streets, and he looks at all he meets, sad and wan, and he shakes his feeble head, that it seems as if he said, They are gone. The mossy marbles rest on the lips that he has pressed in their bloom, as he totters o'er the ground with his cane, in his prime, and the names he loved to hear, have been carved for many a year, on the tomb, the pruning knife of time, my grandmama has said, poor old lady, she is dead, long ago, that he had a Roman nose, and his cheek was like a rose, in the snow, my grandmama has said, but now his nose is thin, and it rests upon his chin, like a staff, and a crook is in his back, and a melancholy crack, in his laugh, I know it is a sin, for me to sit and grin, at him here, by the crier on his round, but the old three-cornered hat, and the breeches and all that, are so queer, and if I should live to be, the last leaf upon the tree, in the spring, let them smile, as I do now, at the old forsaken bough, where I cling, the mossy marbles rest, the lips that he has pressed, the star and the water lily, T. He sun stepped down from his golden throne, T. and lay in the silent sea, and the lily had folded her satin leaves, for a sleepy thing was she, what is the lily dreaming of, why crisp the waters blue, See, see, she is lifting her varnished lid. Her white leaves are glistening through. The rose is cooling his burning cheek. In the lap of the breathless tide. The lily has sisters fresh and fair. That would lie by the rose's side. He would love her better than all the rest. And he would be fond and true. But the lily unfolded her weary lids. And looked at the sky so blue. Remember, remember, thou silly one. How fast will thy summer glide? And wilt thou wither a virgin pale? Or flourish a blooming bride? Oh, the rose is old, and thorny, and cold. And he lives on earth, said she. But the star is fair, and he lives in the air. And he shall my bridegroom be. But what if the stormy cloud should come? And ruffle the silver sea? Would he turn his eye from the distant sky? To smile on a thing like thee? Oh no, fair lily, he will not send One ray from his far-off throne The winds shall blow, and the waves shall flow And thou wilt be left alone There is not a leaf on the mountain top Nor a drop of evening dew Nor a golden sand on the sparkling shore Nor a pearl in the waters blue That he has not cheered with his fickle smile 
and wand with his faithless beam. And will he be true to a pallid flower that floats on the quiet stream? Alas for the lily! She would not heed, but turned to the skies afar, and bared her breast to the trembling ray that shot from the rising star. The cloud came over the darkened sky, and over the waters wide. She looked in vain through the beating rain, and sank in the stormy tide.